Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hope you are having a great day, getting through the day, getting through the week, getting through the month, taking care of yourself. Um, remember, we're not trying to live in burnout, so we are focusing on what are we centering in our day, and we are making sure to carve out some space for joy and pleasure and rest and leisure. So that's your daily reminder. Ask your body what it needs instead of just ignoring and pushing through. Um, all right, we got a great show planned for you, though. And I wanted to just open the show by talking about stress and stressors, uh, not what we're going to spend the night talking about. We're going to move into something a little more erotically driven. So stick around for that. We're going to talk about how to keep arousal front and center. But I just wanted to point something out, um, deeper topic, and I'll at some point spend an entire show talking about it. But I wanted to remind everyone that when we talk about stress and stressors, a lot of times we don't understand the distinction. And we think that... Um, just because we might have taken the weekend or a vacation or a few hours that we've done the total job of taking care of ourselves. And I want us to really focus on this whole idea that there's a difference between stress and stressors. Stressors are the things, the people, places, things, and events that maybe add stress to our lives. And time away from them doesn't necessarily mean that we've dealt with the stress that's in our body from those stressors. So just because you're home from work, away from the triggers of the office, doesn't mean the stress is out of your body. It just means the stress triggers are away from you. Just because the weekend's here, again, you're away from maybe the stress triggers and causes, that doesn't mean the stress, again, is out of your body. Same thing with vacation. And that's why some people go on vacation or the weekend comes and goes and they think, I was stressed the whole time, or I feel no different now that I'm back at work or I'm back in my family or I'm back around the people, places, and things that really stress me out because we do need time away from the causes, but we also have to make sure we're doing what we need to do to center and heal our bodies as a result. And that work is best done by doing the things I kind of call out in the show that I scatter throughout. And one of those is really reminding ourselves to ground ourselves in time with pleasure. Pleasure is a way for us to step outside and away from the stressors, but also to recalibrate our bodies and our system. It's a really powerful way to remind our system that we're safe now, because that's what it's really about, reminding ourselves, our minds and our body, that we are away from whatever that cause was. It's not enough to just physically be away from. We have to do something to cue our body 
to let go and relax because it's safe now. And pleasure's a really great way to do that. Anything creative, anything entertainment-driven, anything pleasure-driven is going to communicate to our body we can rest, which, which is what ties into sexuality. And we'll talk about that because eroticism and sexuality and for us to function the way we want also requires us to feel safe and calm. We can't drop into pleasure. Our bodies won't prepare themselves for pleasure because a lot of people don't even know that, that our bodies go through um, an internal process to prepare us for penetrative sex and for pleasure. And all that requires safety. It's the parasympathetic system, safety and relaxation. So for us to receive rest, for us to receive joy, for us to receive pleasure, again, our body has to be prepared for it and to know it's safe. Think about it. If you're in a dangerous environment, what is what is the main goal? The main goal is to perceive threats and to get away from and to protect yourself from. Your body is not worrying about digestion at that point. Your body is not worried about hunger at that point. That was powerfully uh, pointed out to me when I first got a pet. When I first got my cat and I brought her home or anytime I moved, she felt unsafe in the new environment. <clears throat> the new environment was a stressor. It put stress in her body. And so she would, until she felt safe, she would hide away from food. She wouldn't play. She wouldn't come out of her hiding spot because her body was saying, we need to protect ourselves. And when you're trying to protect yourself, you are not going to be creative, playful, hungry. And, and even, and, and even like we know that from fitness, if you just ate something and you go to the gym, your body's going to prioritize whatever is most required or what's necessary in that moment. And digestion is not as important as lifting weights. Um, again, like when you're needing to run away and protect yourself, your body's going to shut down hunger and, and things like that in service of sending blood and the muscles, sending blood outward towards your feet and your arms to run and protect yourself away from smaller systems, less necessary systems at that time. So it all ties into itself, but we have to do these things that tell us we're now safe. We can let go. We can be present. We can be here. So take time away from those events and stressors. Find a ritual to pull yourself away from work and to re-enter your home life, to pull yourself out of whatever event just occurred that was stressful. Sometimes you shower. Sometimes you change your clothes. Sometimes you do some deep breathing. Sometimes you pray. You can play music. You can do something creative, but you have to do something that communicates to your body. We're safe now. We're in a different place. We're in a different space. It's not enough to just be away from, which is why we also don't want to psychologically stay connected to or go back to by thinking or talking about those stressors, those people, places, and things. It's kind of what I talk about when someone goes through a breakup. Stop bringing that X into your life psychologically by still talking about it. All right, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about this because this is really important. And they'll be doing some DMs. So stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking very simply about something very complex. And we're talking about how a lot of um, important systems will go offline when you are in the face of a threat because your body needs to repair itself to defend itself and to fight or to flight. And it is not worried about hunger, joy, fun, sex, nutri- you know, digestion, going to the bathroom. Your body is like, I'm prepared to defend itself. I was telling a story about how whenever I move, my cat is, you know, feels very unsafe in the new environment and will hide and will hide as long as it needs to before it feels safe coming back out. You can't play with her. You can't coax her out with food because none of those things become important when they believe they're in a life-threatening situation. But my cat isn't, but my cat isn't able in any way to communicate to itself. I'm safe now. My body can kick back into a different kind of gear that focuses on, okay, I'm hungry. Let me find some food. Oh, I like that toy over there. Let me go play. And I was saying that as humans, we often will remove ourselves from the trigger or whatever it is that's stressing us but we keep ourselves trapped after that still in a stress state because we haven't done anything that cues to our body. It's okay to let go now. It's okay to be more present and that we need to think about that process. And that's why some people over the weekend or on vacation don't feel healed, don't feel nourished because they haven't done anything to communicate. I'm safe now. I'm away from that. One of the things that doesn't allow that is to continue to think about talk about or somehow still participate in those triggers and those stressors. So, you know, again, if you're away from your family, listening to the voicemail from your mom, checking text text messages from your family is a way to psychologically bring them on the vacation with you. If you're uh, on your weekend, if you're have your phone on and you have work emails coming in or you're talking about work, your body thinks it is still around those work stressors and it won't be able to relax. It won't be able to heal. It won't be able to let go. And so you'll be at work stressed and then you're going to be spending your weekend stressed. You need to be away from the cues and the triggers. Don't bring it into your weekend. And you also then need to do things that says to your body, I'm away from work. I'm safe now. You need to do breathing. You need to pray, do something creative, do something entertaining, do something rooted in pleasure. It's very important. That's why I talk all the time about doing those things. But I was given an example. It's also like going through a breakup. One of the ways that people don't let themselves move on from a breakup is now that that person is no longer physically around, they keep them around still emotionally, psychologically, or socially by checking their social media, by thinking about them, by making them the topic of a conversation that doesn't allow your body to let go and move on. And we have to do that. So you want to be away from stressors, but you also have to let the stress dissipate. It's like a wave crash and go away. So focus on those finer points. 
because our bodies can only handle staying in a state of fight or flight for so long. And some people live in that constant state. We know that from victims of trauma, that their body might not register that everything's okay now and it still stays or is easily triggered into that protective state. And one of the easiest ways to understand that we have not glided into a state of safety, that we have not moved out of that trauma or stress state is socialization. Are we able to connect with others? Are we able to connect with joy? Are we able to experience pleasure? If you're feeling tense, if you're feeling tight, if you feel like you're not able to drop into those states, you direly, you desperately and direly need to. And so that awareness can help us settle into and settling into can cue to our body, everything's okay now. We have to focus on that. And that's and this is kind of like a little bit of a bridge because what I want to spend tonight's show talking about is why some people struggle with states of arousal. And for us to get aroused, we have to be in a state of relaxation and safety. Because if not, our body's like, yeah, sex is cool and all, fun and pleasure are cool and all, but there's a threat in the room. There's a threat in the house. There's a threat in your life. We need to be primed and ready to protect ourselves from that. So we're not going to put any of our body's energy or tension into preparing for arousal or sexuality. It really makes sense. There's a hierarchy of needs and protection is always going to be the number one thing. And that's what gets in the way of some people's sex lives. They don't feel safe in their life or they haven't stepped away from stressors or their partner, their, their romantic sexual partner is the threat. We are not supposed to be able to relax and find pleasure while with or around a threat. And so sometimes the inability to experience arousal or to have sex, sex drive with a partner is a sign that there's some relational work that needs to be done. Sometimes our body is shutting off what we psychologically aren't able to recognize needs to be shut off this relationship or this person. And so don't be so quick to try to ignore and override your body. Not only is that body negative and sex negative because sex positivity and body positivity is saying sex is supposed to be fun. There's no right way or wrong way, but more importantly, not forcing your body to do what your body doesn't want to do. Mental health, physical health, body positivity will always be listening to what your body needs. If your body's like, yo, I need to stand up and walk around, do it. If your body says, I need to sit away from others in some silence and stillness, do it. If your body says, I am not prepared or wanting to lubricate or get aroused for penetrative sex or sexuality, listen. Don't pop a pill. Don't force it. We're listening to our bodies. Again, often they're communicating what we can't. They're telling us that we don't feel safe in this space with this person or with in, in whatever way with what we're engaging in behaviorally. Listen to your body. Because that, that is one of those prime causes. Another one is looking at what is it that turns me on, but also what is it that turns me off? Because our sexuality has a gas pedal and a brake. It's the cleanest, easiest way to break it down. And a lot of people think that if I'm not really into sex or I'm not turned on, that the work is about more gas, more gas, bigger, louder, shinier, faster, harder. Sometimes, sometimes, but most of the time, the problem is there's too many things that distract or interrupt or are the break. Too many things that turn us off, shut us down, or disconnect us. We're going to come back and talk about that because these are some of the fundamental pieces that we want to consider first. This is also the work I do, do as a certified sex therapist. So if you're wanting to do this work, find a CST, a certified sex therapist, and that's the kind of professional that's prepared to help you with this. But come back. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Got more to come. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back.
All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about the internal safety system of our bodies and how our bodies, when they're feeling not safe, not relaxed because there's a stressor in our life or literally a stressor in our bed or in the room with us because it's our partner, we aren't meant to be open and able to function sexually. We're also talking about the fact that we always have a gas pedal and a brake. And when someone's not feeling erotic or turned on or sexually interested, a lot of people focus on the gas bigger, louder, faster, harder. And yes, there's a place for that where if we're not psychologically in the mood, that's the psychological piece, we can amp up the physical, the stimulation and vice versa. If the stimulation's not quite there, we can try to go in our mind to a place that's more arousing to push us over the edge. But often the problem is that there's too much break. There's too many things that get in the way, getting in your head, distracting things in the room, distracting things in your relationship or distracting things in your life, distracting or things that just aren't erotic. If you're not getting along with your partner, that makes sense that you're not interested in settling and receiving them or connecting to them sexually. And your body is aware of that. It associates with that person threat. So it doesn't settle down enough for the body to do what it needs to do for sexuality and arousal. And you can expand that outside. So it's about partner, what's going on in your life, what's going on in your relationship, what's going on in your household. Our bodies log and track all of that. We can't just always override that, nor should we. We want to ask what might be going on that we're not able to be present with what we're trying to be present with. Arousal is the parasympathetic, arousal is the parasympathetic nervous system, which is about safety and connection. We need to feel safe in, in this time and place, but also with the person and the environment and also the behaviors that we're engaging in. So if you have anxiety about your body, if you have anxiety about the sexual, the sexuality that you're engaging in, it's understandable that your body is going to defend against participation. So if they ask yourself, what might be going on that's making me not able to be here or to be in my body or to be with this partner or to be in this sex act? what is maybe feeling wrong or bad or threatening or unsafe. And you have to ask it in little levels and larger levels. Cause like I said, it could be about your relationship to that person. It could be about what's going on in your day. It could be about your connection to your body or that sex act. If you are struggling with accepting your, you know, bi or pansexuality, that shame or guilt might be enough for you to not be able to relax into arousal. And when I say arousal, I mean erection, I mean lubrication, I mean pleasure with penetration. I mean, interest in just getting into, you know, sexuality and intimacy in general. Um, we have to feel good about our body. We have to feel good about our partner's bodies because again, we're presenting ourselves and they're presenting themselves. We have to feel good in the sex acts. It's so complex. And that's why I'm so upset as a psychologist and a sexual psychologist when I hear people just popping pills and they're like, all right, I'm just going to ignore my body and override it and force it to perform. Oh my God, don't do that but I don't want people to be a part of relationships in general that aren't feeling safe or are toxic. And this might be the, the first or best communicator that there's some work to do. Or, or maybe your life is just one stressor after another and that's why your body isn't able to settle down. It's always on high alert. And like I said earlier, when we're on higher alert, our body's job is to protect itself, not to have sex, not to want to eat, uh, not even to do digestive things. Its job is safety, run, run from the threat. Sexuality and eroticism and pleasure require the opposite. Hey, we're good here. We're safe. So ask yourself, why might I not feel safe? Why might I not want to be present with myself or this partner? What is going on? Sometimes it's just I'm distracted because the phone's ringing 
That's the break. Sometimes it's, I have a busy day and it's getting late. That's the break. Sometimes it's, I can see my body, the lights are on and I don't feel safe or erotic in my body. That's the break. Ask yourself what might be getting in the way or slowing me down. Is it that your partner's abusive? Maybe that we're not getting along. makes sense that your body's like, no, thank you. Not, not right now. Not with that person. So before we talk about some of the other reasons, I just wanted to really drive that home. It's often very reasonable. And that's why I do intakes and assessments. That's why the issues like this, you want to work with a certified sex therapist, a CST. We are trained to assess and work with these issues where a lot of the material out there online and even in some doctor's offices is they'll just prescribe you a pill. And it's like, oh God, you're bypassing the important psychological or relational work. And that will override the pill. The pill will not work if your body is in that stress state. And some of you are probably nodding along going, yeah, I popped the Viagra and I still wasn't able to stay present in the moment or to maintain the erection I wanted. Yeah, good. I don't want people to be able to bypass or push through into these unsafe spaces and places and people. Listen to your body. I'm always advocating for that. It's telling you the truth. Work on your relationship. Work on those stressors. Why do I not feel safe? Am I not, like I said, getting away from the stressors, but also focusing on cueing to my body? I'm away from the generalized stress. Am I trying to get my body to perform in unsafe spaces and places with un, you know unsafe people? Not everyone's built to participate in hookup culture. Some people, that will always register as unsafe, showing up to some random stranger's house to have sex. It's not going to work. Or you feel like you have to really demonstrate something for them. They intimidate you. You don't have a lot of confidence around them. You're insecure. That's another state of stress where your body's going to be like, uh-uh. It's going to say, who is this stranger? You're trying to perform for them. There's anxiety and insecurity in your body. It's going to get in the way. All right, we're going to come back and do some DMs, and then we're going to get back to talking about arousal. So stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want to hit, circle back to, drop deeper into, bam, 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 drop them all in there. Loveline IG page in the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I've been feeling really insecure about my body during the last few months. My friends and I love to go to festivals. That's right. Those are crackalacking again. They're everywhere. Every time I go on my Facebook, I see another festival. Definitely not in short supply. Uh, my friends and I always go to festivals and their outfits are always so little and perfect. I know. Summer heat, huh? <laughs> Everything's getting smaller and smaller. I've never really noticed it, but I'm starting to feel a little insecure since they always get talked to at the bars and I'm just stuck there waiting for my drinks. I don't want to stop going to festivals, but do you know of any ways I can try to get my confidence back up? Um, well, it's not going to be up if your friends are participating in things that you don't feel of value and worth. Um, so is it, I don't know hundred percent why, um, you feel insecure about your body, but again, probably cause like most of us you are living in comparison culture and you're normalizing what they're doing, which isn't the right thing or the normal thing or the hot thing. It's just what they're doing. There's a lot of different kinds of people that like all different kinds of bodies and fashion styles. But yes, what we're most familiar with and what we're most consistently seeing, we then become the marker upon which we judge ourselves. 
it's problematic because if you look around the festival, you'll see people of all different shapes and sizes and all different kinds of outfits. Um, our, your job isn't to fulfill what your your friends are chasing after. And sadly, they've drank in the Kool-Aid thinking that there's a certain way to look in order to be desirable. And of course, it works in some spaces and some places with some people. So it's reinforced. But that's not the truth in all dynamics. And you might be getting in your own way by not being open to being seen and desired by others or connecting with others. You have to challenge this idea that the way your friends are looking or dressing or their body shape or size is the only way or the right way. It's just one of many ways. But if you're only around one style or one shape or size, that becomes normalized. So you need to be around more diverse bodies. You need to follow on social media more diverse bodies. You need to spend time looking at and around more diverse bodies to get more familiar with it, to, to valorize it, to, uh, des to find desirability in it. And more importantly, we never want to think that if we look a certain way, our life will be better because everything we can do with a different body, we can do with our current body. The only thing holding you back is you in this perspective that you can't, that until I get that body or until I look or dress that way, that, that, that I can't participate in sex or romance. You can, you can start pushing on those edges and those boundaries and put yourself out there. Stop holding yourself back. But again, it's hard if we're living in comparison culture. So you need more diverse friends. Why do you only have a certain body-shaped friend who dresses a certain way? Branch out and make friends that look different from that and spend time around difference than that. And that, and that will help shift the paradigm that you're you know, holding yourself accountable to. That's what we have to do. Um, <clears throat> and that's part of what comes up with uh, summertime and the heat is we're more exposed and we start to really acknowledge and think about ourselves and judge ourselves and we want to move away from that. So also shut down those conversations with your friends if they're getting hung up on that. Hey, let's change the conversation. Let's not talk about or nitpick our bodies. And you have to challenge people and they say, you know, that only certain bodies are beach bodies. And you have to start challenging that rhetoric and say, no, all bodies are beach bodies. You don't have to look a certain way. So you're going to have to put a little time and energy and effort into that because the world tends to think one standard way. And for anyone that's outside of that, that's what the work looks like. We have to all be a part of the macro and the micro level changes. But to those that are listening, let's also, whether you participate in that one style or not, let's also help the world become a little bit better as well. We're all kind of victimized by that because even those that meet the body standards are trapped within the maintenance of that body standard to maintain the privilege they have. So it's not even good for their mental health. You know, it's exhausting to all of us. Trust. We all need to kind of expand beyond that. Um, all right. If you got a question for us, drop in the DMS topics, things you want us to hit. Also, uh, past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for love line and click on it. You can binge post for listen and share because it's all about the work. And that's the thing is there's no easy answers for any of this. Psychology is usually something we've built up over time and continue to reinforce. There's no quick, simple way to undo all of that. It's going to take as much work sometimes as you put into having the psychology you have as it is to back out of it. You know, nothing happens quick and easy. So we have to be willing to put the time and energy in, but it's worth it. Um, all right, y'all stick around though. We got a whole lot more to come. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We're back and we're talking about arousal. We are talking about the different reasons why some people aren't able to get into a, a, a state of arousal. Um, and it's quite complicated. So we're just talking about broad strokes. 
Um, we were talking about the fact that sometimes you have undealt with stress in your body, even though you're no longer around those stressors. And so your body's still like thinking there's a threat. And when you have a threat around you, your body is not worried about sex or eating or play or creativity or food or digestion. It's prepared to fight. It's prepared to flee or fight. And that's part of it. Some people are like, why am I not creative? I have writer's block. No, you are in a stress state or you are still around threats. You haven't cued or communicated your body. I'm okay now. Also, maybe you haven't looked at what are some of the breaks? What are some of the things that are present in my life that aren't letting me relax or settle into sexuality or creativity or other things? Because all these things kind of swirl together. So we're going to kind of break down some of those other causes. Um, but I love this work because... Our bodies are going to tell us what's up. Listen to your body. Just like your body's going to say, Hey, I need to change my position. The way you're sitting isn't, you know, isn't feeling good. Your body's going to say, I need to sit. Your body might say, I need to stand up. Your body might see, say, I need to walk around. Listen to it. I'd rather people be uh, socially inappropriate in how they're standing or sitting or, or leaning or whatever, and they're listening to their body, than force themselves to just be a mindless drone and to sit still and in silence. Sometimes during a lecture, you got to get up and walk around. Sometimes during, I'm trying to think of examples I can't off the top of my head, but um, whenever I lecture, whenever I educate, I'm always like, do what you need to do. If you need to sit on the floor, sit on the floor. If you need to stand up, stand up. If you need to walk around in the back of the room, walk around in the back of the room. Take care of yourself. Honor your body. That's part of mental health. Um, and sexuality is the same way as well. I don't want us to be participating in things that we're not interested in, turned on by, or within which we don't feel safe. You know, I always say to the couples I work with, no one's feelings or needs are more valid or legitimate than anyone else's. That applies to sex as well. If you're not into it, you're not feeling it, it's okay to say, you know what, let's call it a night. Or I wanna do something else. Or stop doing that, that doesn't feel good. Or I'd rather you do this. I work with far too many people that are having sex in the ways that they don't enjoy or don't want to because they're afraid of saying, I don't orgasm that way, or that doesn't feel great to me, or that really doesn't turn me on. It's okay and important as a partner to provide what feels good or turns on the other, but you matter as well. I don't care what your gender is. I don't care what you might've done in the past, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone's sexual needs, like everyone's emotional needs are as legitimate and as important as everyone else's. Sex is also a part of that. And that's why I work so, I, I work so hard with people to uncover what their true arousal even is. Because as we've talked about on the show, it's buried under so much. Um, what, what we think we're turned on by and what we think our true sexual orientation is, is often not true to its full depth because think about it first we have, you know, if you're hetero identified and again, this is a little standard. So most of my listeners are better than this and far beyond this. Cause you know, you're doing the work, but let's just generalize and stereotype. A lot of hetero people are afraid of being perceived as gay. So they're like, all right, well, I'm not going to do a couple things that maybe sound hot or I'm curious about, or I want to try because I don't want to be perceived as gay. Okay. So we've already removed some truth off the table. Then based on your gender, well, I'm a girl or I'm a guy and guys don't do that or girls don't do that. So now we've removed or moved away from trying a few other things. Then because I'm a mom, moms don't do certain things either. Oh, another thing. Or I'm a professional. What if people found out? Oh, removing more. Then body shame comes in. I don't want certain parts of my body touched or seen for whatever reason, moving that off the table. Oh, I don't want to be perceived as a slut or a sex addict. So we're going to stop and take some of that off the table. Oh, I'm afraid of people knowing how creative and kinky I am. So let's not try that or bring, and we just remove and remove and remove. And we do leftover sex, the same few things. And we tend to do it in the same ways. I call it the one, two, three, four. We start by kissing. Then we touch boobs. Then we touch genitals. Then we do penetration. Always in those steps, always thinking the goal is penetration and orgasm. And that is boring. And that is exhausting. 
So drum roll, number one reason why maybe you can't get turned on or sex isn't feeling awesome is because you're boring. <laughs> I say that with all the love of my heart because you do it the same way through the same steps. Switch that up. Start with how you end. Maybe just do one of the things only that you do in the middle. Make it not always about penetration. Make it not always about orgasm. You figure it out, but sometimes it's just because you're boring. We've removed the, and moved away from our truth and our authenticity. The people that are one role only or one position only or won't push on their edges, those are the people who have these issues. And I work with a lot of individuals where our work is about slowly unpeeling those layers and really connecting with who they are and really trying to find safety within that and to receive pleasure within that because our total self-esteem is connected to our body esteem and our sexual esteem. We can't move through the world at our best if there's elements of ourselves that we feel bad about or we have shame about. And that's why this work is a really beautiful portal into that. And if we think our partner is going to judge us, then we are not going to feel safe and we're not going to be able to relax. And that is what is required for arousal to feel safe and relaxed. So if we feel shame or judged by ourselves or a partner or our perception of this imaginary audience of the world, we are not going to be able to get aroused. Sit with that. We're going to come back and talk more about it. And then we're going to be doing some DMs later in the show. So if you've got a question or a topic, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Stick around, though, more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Ah, uh, yes. Sexual and erotic arousal. A very, very fragile thing. Why? Because we have to feel safe and relaxed. Yes, to get aroused, we have to feel safe and relaxed. And if we have guilt or shame, that we apply to ourselves or a partner puts on us, or we perceive it based on this imaginary audience because we think the world is watching us and judging us, it is not going to allow us to relax into sexuality. And I was saying that sometimes the problem is that we're boring. We do the same things in the same ways. And we've taken our truth off the table because we're afraid of being perceived as, you know, a different sexual orientation than we are, or our gender training doesn't allow us to participate in things that we think only women do or only guys do. And then we're worried about, you know, being a good dad and good dads don't do certain things. And we just bury ourselves away from the truth. But more importantly, again, if where your mind goes during sex and fantasy, you have guilt or shame about, you're not going to stay aroused necessarily. If you don't feel good about your body, you're not going to stay aroused necessarily. If you don't feel good, you have to be able to feel relaxed. You have to feel safe with the partner. That's why some people can't perform in one night stands or hookup culture because they don't feel safe. And maybe you aren't. And maybe it's, and I don't even mean physical safety. I just mean you don't feel cared for or you don't feel attractive or you don't feel desired by that person or you just don't deal well with unfamiliarity. Who is this person? Where is this place? You know, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know. That isn't going to make us settle into arousal. Some people are not built for hookup culture or one night stands. Some people, God bless them, they have less sensitivity to things like that for a multitude of reasons, and they can perform anywhere because they have a different kind of system. They might have what we call a very sensitive gas pedal where they are easily aroused, or they have more familiarity in, in really strange, new, creative, diverse places and spaces because of experiences in their life and resources that they have internally, and so they don't feel as thrown off. I am one of those people where it takes me a while to feel safe with new people and in new places. So I wouldn't be necessarily an ideal candidate for a lot of one night stands and hookups. That's why some people also fall more in the demi demisexual orientation where they, their sexual arousal and sexual interest comes online once they've spent some time and gotten to know someone. It could be a little bit of a function of that. 
where they need to feel safe to really be able to segue in and tap into that arousal part of their brain. There's nothing wrong with that, but we want to know who we are so we know what we need. And you, and that's why some people also need maybe a lot of foreplay where they need a lot of talk and a little bit of touch and they need to slowly let their body relax and settle into being held by someone else and being seen by someone else and being touched by someone else. Acknowledge what you need and ask for it. There's no right way or wrong way, but some people are watching too much porn or participating in too many hookups and they're expecting immediate arousal and it doesn't work like that. It doesn't even work like that in porn. It's just that that's not the parts of it you get to see. You don't see people taking their time. You don't see people negotiating the scene. You don't see people... Um, settling in. You don't see people necessarily doing the necessary build up and foreplay to get to a place where they can have penetrative sex or whatever else they're trying to do. So we're not even aware, but I, but that's the whole point. Listen to your body. So we're talking about reasons why people maybe struggle with arousal. Um, another thing is you have unrealistic expectations. A penis isn't a dildo. A penis isn't a sex toy. A penis isn't supposed to participate like one of those things does. It's not supposed to get erect and stay erect whenever you want, how you want, where you want, with whoever you want. It doesn't work like that. That is not a dysfunction. That is not a disorder. You don't need a pill or a treatment for that. It's humanity. You have to work on getting familiar. You have to work on getting comfortable. But some people don't understand that. They think that things should go right away. And then if that doesn't happen, they're like, you're not attracted to me or you don't love me. And it's like, oh my God, stop personalizing it. It's not about you. Or the owner of the penis thinks, what's wrong with me? Or they themselves think, maybe I'm not attracted to this person. Oh my God, I'm giving you the little bit of education here. And expect more of this the older you get. But you have to expect some disappointments. But bigger than that, you can't be expected to perform on demand. It doesn't work like that. Are you feeling safe in this environment? Are you feeling comfortable with that partner? Are you feeling safe and comfortable with yourself? Are you stressed from the day? Is anything in the room or in the environment stressing you? Are you worried about this person liking you more than you like them? Stressor. Do you like them more than they like you? Stressor. Do you have somewhere you have to be and you have to hurry up and get out of there? Stressor. Like stressors get in the way. We have to be softer and kinder with ourselves, which is always why I'm advocating for us to use a broad definition of eroticism that doesn't always have to include an erection or lubrication and penetration. But that's next level for a lot of people. But I want us to at least stop being body negative and sex negative and forcing our bodies to perform when they're not ready to. And instead saying, what my body, what might my what might my body be communicating or needing? Just like when we're tired in the middle of the day, instead of saying, I'm just gonna pound a Red Bull or drink more coffee, what might my what might my body need? It might need a break for a minute or a little bit of rest. Maybe go for a walk, maybe, maybe take a nap, maybe switch up the activity you're engaging in, maybe call it a day. I want us to start focusing on our mental health more and saying, what is this about and what do I need? As opposed to always trying to pop a pill, get a fast solution and ignoring what we truly need because that is why we are burning out and having a lot of mental health issues. We're not honoring the truth of what's happening. So I'm kind of using a very easy topic of arousal and I'm hitting a lot of different aspects of our physical and mental health through this lens because we're talking about how to deal with stress and stressors. We're talking about our sexual functioning and we're also talking about our mental health and they all coexist and tie into themselves. That's why I love this lens. We can learn in one domain how to be better in other domains. When we're working on identifying in the day when we're stressed what we need to get safe and comfortable and relaxed after is the same thing we need within sex and vice versa. 
And so that's why I love being a sex therapist and I'll work in the sexual realm to help them understand better skills for taking care of their body and their psyche and their stress system. When we come back, we're going to talk about a few more things that are part of why we might not be able to get or stay aroused. And then we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a question for us, a topic you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, put it all in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, helping others out as you're helping yourself out. No question, too big, too small, uh, dropping gems. So put them in there and then past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share. We'll be back though. Stick around, don't go anywhere. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Oh, Rachel, we are back and we're just finishing up our discussion of why we can't get or stay aroused. And we're talking about it through the lens of stress. Are you stressed by anything in the room, in your mind, in your life, in your body, in your relationship with that partner? If so, you are not going to be able to relax enough to get aroused or to enjoy sex. And you need to say, what, what is that about? What do I need to change? Not everyone is built to just participate sexually amidst all of these triggers or stressors. Most of us can't perform and we're not supposed to. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with your body, but that's often what we blame as though we're supposed to. And I was saying when we have a threat in the environment, our body is not supposed to be worried about hunger or pleasure or sex or even digestion. It's, its job is to run and get away from the threat. But we don't always realize that we're away from a threat or that there's a threat near us because we're not paying attention. We're not checking in. So you have to ask yourself that. Do I feel safe with my partner? Do I feel safe within my arousal and my sexuality? Do I feel okay about what I'm interested in turned on by? Do I feel okay in my body? Do I feel okay in this, in this, in this evening? Are there things on my mind that I need to handle? Am I distracted by something? All of that is in there. It's a very, very fragile system. The arousal system, very, very, very fragile because again, your body is always looking for threats. That's what it's meant to do is to protect you. And anytime it perceives one, that is what it's going to be putting all of its resources and energy and focus towards and not on some pleasure in the sack. So we're also being softer with our bodies, realizing we're going to have some letdowns and disappointments. That is just part of the game. We're realizing we can't be boring by always doing the same things in the same ways because that's also certainly not going to help. Also, sometimes we're not just, we're just not sexually compatible. That's in there too. Maybe we like different things in different ways at different times. You know, it's a bummer. You might be attracted to your partner or maybe have great convo or think they're super cool. Doesn't mean sex is just going to fall in line and work out as well. Attraction isn't always enough to get us aroused. It's more complex than that. It's a mysterious, mysterious formula that we don't necessarily have terms to really explain. Can't be controlled. can't be willed into existence, but that might be the problem. So think about that. Also, there's this whole thing around commitment. You know, the things we want early in a relationship, consistency, familiarity, tons of closeness. Those can often be things that kill high levels of arousal. I know. And that's why sometimes in the beginning when there's inherent space, cause we don't know them well, they're not that familiar to us. Things are great. That's why our early sexuality is not a good baseline to determine what we're going to be like as a couple sexually wait until you've gotten through some conflict and through some commitment. And then you'll start to really see what it's going to be like. Oh yes, I know. It's part of that system though. Newness and novelty. And, uh, that's going to be more profound when we're single, when we're non-monogamous, early on in a relationship because commitment and monogamy have a lot of great benefits and trust building and safety, but they can also be something that's very punishing on our arousal system.
I know. And then also, like I said, how safe and comfortable do you feel an erotic in your body? Do you like that which you're presenting and bringing to this partner? Um, how much do you enjoy the sex you're having? Because sometimes that's what kills arousal. The sex isn't even worth wanting. We're not doing things that feel good to me, that are rooted in who I really am. Do you have a partner in a relationship that it's safe enough to express that, to tell them who you really are and to check in on that and make some changes? If not, as I say on the show all the time, then I have a concern about your ability or willingness to talk about other difficult problematic things that need to be discussed. Use this as a way to start to normalize and practice that. In a primary relationship, that's the person we should be able to practice such vulnerability and transparency with, but yet often we'll do that with friends. We'll tell our friends the truth about our sex life or how we feel about our partner, our relationship, but not the partner. And we take away from them their right to be a part of that knowledge, but also choosing and finding a solution. That's, that's not kindness. That's not care. Because I talk all the time these days about this concept of workability, being with someone and in a relationship where we can express what we need and we're open to that change. You are not being a part of that or honoring that if you're withholding that knowledge that things are often need change from your partner, but telling others. We need one-to-one relationships. Go to the person who needs to know this. Go to the person who you have the issue with. Yes, it's okay to process and decompress and share with our friends maybe first and figure out the severity of it, how we want to couch it, how we want to share it. But good friends will say, go back and tell your partner that's who you need to talk to about this not us so think about that i say that in therapy all the time we can process it we can script it but you got to go and tell them that is part of being in a healthy adult primary relationship it's also part of something we should just be doing even if it's something that's more casual is letting people be a part of the awareness of what's going on and also what's necessary and part of that possible solution so these are all the different factors you have to think about and check in on if arousal is not crack lacking and popping um it's not simple i know but the main core takeaway is just say to yourself, why am I not feeling safe or relaxed? What might be that about, what, what might be causing that? And how can I change that? Because my system's operating the way it's supposed to. It's worrying first about protection before pleasure. And pleasure can only come from me being safe and relaxed. So check in on that. When we come back, we're going to check in on those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, a question or a topic, something wants to hit, circle back, drop deeper into something on your mind, you need some answers, you need some tips, tools, and tricks, put all that in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And past episodes of the show are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. We'll be back listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And 
sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, I've been dating this girl for only a month. She already wants me to, I'm sorry, she already wants to meet my son's father. I was in a straight relationship before her for about six years, and my son is two. I think it's a little too soon to start meshing our families together. But my girl says that if this is going to be a long-term relationship, she'd feel more comfortable meeting him sooner than later. Is it too soon? Yeah, because you think it is. Tell her no. Practice setting boundaries. One of the most important things we can do as early as possible is allow conflict to see how we as a couple manage it and hopefully manage it calmly and lovingly. Good sign for sustainability and health and uh, setting boundaries and see if they honor it. Say to her, totally understand what you're saying. However, I'm not ready for that. So I'm going to wait until I feel ready. What's for dinner? Loving and calm. You're not ready for that? So the answer is no. Um, A month in, this person doesn't get to figure every single thing out to anxiously know if this is going to be long-term and how it's going to go. It doesn't work that way. It takes time. We date to see if we should be in a relationship. You don't get to get all the answers figured out within one month as though that's even possible so you can safely feel secure settling in. It doesn't work like that. So yes, you have a right to say, I'm not prepared for you to meet that person. That doesn't feel great to me. What's for dinner? What are we watching tonight on television? And if that person can't handle a boundary being set, well, that's a red flag. And if we track that red flag, we might realize it might be a deal breaker because this person wants what they want, how they want it, when they want it, and then time to kick them to the curb. So definitely set that boundary so we can practice seeing how this person shows up and deals with boundaries being set because... I, I wouldn't want to do it that quickly. Um, although I don't agree that there's too soon or, you know, it's all personal preference. Um, so it's not about too soon or not. It's about, are you comfortable with that? And for whatever reason you're not, if it's not that big of a deal, let them meet. If it is that big of a deal, say no. Um, but don't make it a big deal or not based on length of time, make it based on comfort and what feels good to you and what your reasoning is. Um, all right, we got another one. This one says, Hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Mikey. I've been with my boyfriend through the pandemic. We came out stronger. 
both pretty nervous about it all, but we were safe, still practiced things like masks and working from home. Once the news about the monkeypox hit, he kind of went off the deep end, trying to be sympathetic, but I'm getting a little fed up. He's wearing gloves, long sleeves when we go out. He gets upset that I want to go meet friends out at a bar so I don't go. There has to be a happy medium, right? Yes, this is where it gets clunky because normally... If it wasn't anything that involved him, I'd say he gets to practice whatever safety precautions make sense for him and feel make him feel good, and you get to do what makes sense to you. However, because it's passed along from touch and other forms of contact, your risk factors impact him. What you do and the possibility of you getting infected comes right back to him. So here's my first thought. Go get vaccinated immediately. Then problem resolved quicker, 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 quicker. Um, if you're not able to get vaccinated or not willing, then you are dragging this on and delaying this longer. But it is about quality of life. You want to be out in the world participating. So it is about reasonability of risk. Your partner cannot drop the risk down to zero. Even with gloves, even with a mask, even with long sleeves, they are leaving the house and coming in contact with the possibility of this. So you do have a right to say, I'm not willing to do that. Because we're not allowed to tell an adult what to do. We're not allowed to set rules because that's telling an adult what to do, but we are allowed to set boundaries and boundaries were, are about what you will or will not do or what you will or will not be a part of. Such as I won't stay in this relationship if you're an active drug user who needs help and isn't willing to get help. I can't tell you to get help because I can't tell another adult what to do, but I can set a boundary. My boundary is I won't be in a relationship with an untreated addict. That's a boundary. You have a right to say, I feel okay going out into the world and going to a bar. So that's what I'm going to do. And you, you can say to your partner, get to set your own boundaries and decide if that makes you feel comfortable still living with me or being with me. But that's up to you, you get to say, because he can't tell you what to do. He gets to decide what he will do or not do based on what you do. But you have a right to go out if you feel safe and comfortable going out, period. I know. It doesn't always mean that there's a clean, easy answer. I can't weigh in on right or wrong because this isn't about right or wrong. It's about preferences and of difference of values. And you as a couple have to be able to manage and work through differences in values and preferences. So you're learning about yourselves as a couple based on how you manage this, but you also have a right to set a boundary saying, I'm going to do what's comfortable for me and you get to do what you want to do about, about that based on what's comfortable for you. So if he wants to go because he doesn't feel safe living with you, that's on him. But you're going to go to the bar and you're going to come home. Hope that helps. It's complex, I know. All right, y'all, that is our show. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We'll be back tomorrow night. Join us then. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out. And you enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 